Welcome to the First Pres Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.20, 9.45, and 11.10. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Friends, turn in the Psalms to Psalm 116 as we hear the word of the Lord this morning. Psalm 116. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord. When I said, I am greatly afflicted, in my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Say that with me. Praise the Lord. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. We know that the grass withers and the flower fades, but your word, O God, stands forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the more I pay for things, the less I like them. (laughs) Anybody relate to that? Abigail has stopped asking me if I liked my meal at a restaurant because after 20-some years together, she already knows I didn't. I think I'm, I'm fed too well at home, really, for one thing. But if I go out to a restaurant and I have to pay $35 for a steak, right? And then, by the way, you have to pay $8 more for a little pile of green beans on the side of it. When I pay that much for a plate of food at dinner time, I expect that to match or exceed the very best steak I've ever remembered having. And it doesn't. It never does. The more I pay, the less I enjoy. That's why I never want to buy an expensive car. I would just be dissatisfied with it because no matter how much you pay for a car, it's still a car. And it's going to do the things that cars do. It's going to break down and, and uh, get dings on it and scratch. I'm seeing a lot of heads going up and down. <laughs> Rust and rot. I don't know. 
Now, if I can find a bargain, that I can enjoy. You know, oh, wow, this steak was only five bucks. That's pretty good for five dollars. I guess it's my, uh, my Scottish blood kicking in. But sometimes it makes it hard to practice gratitude. The simple enjoyment with thanksgiving of God's gifts. Today we enter Thanksgiving week and, and as we worship, we're surrounded by signs of, of the Lord's bounty of his hand in our lives, the generous hand of God. We finish our study on the simple, simple pattern of prayer, acts. Do you wanna say them with me? A, adoration. C, confession. T, thanksgiving. S, supplication. What a church, what a church. And which one of those should we spend the most time on? Maybe Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm getting some answers. This is great. Adoration. You can do adoration fairly quickly. Just quote a a verse from the Psalms, something. Just recognize that God is great. Confession. Don't linger long there, right? There's there's no need to draw it out. Just just, let's just get it out there and move on. Uh, Supplication. This is an area of prayer that I probably spend the most of my time on asking the Lord to please move in, please change, please, please move in and help, please make things different. But I love to have thanksgiving before supplication because I find that it does take a good solid chunk. And as I start trying to give thanks for the things in my life that God has brought me, that I recognize from his hand, the things that others have done for me in my life, I find that the minutes just fly by as I'm giving thanks. And then there's just a little less time to ask God for the stuff I want because I'm already so full with thanksgiving from all the gifts that he has given me. I love to have thanksgiving first. Count your blessings, count them one by one. What do you think about the practice of gratitude? Do you you think of it as something for children? Is it something flowery or superficial, something light and airy? Anne Voskamp's breakout bestseller a few years ago was a book called 1,000 Gifts. And Anne thought, I'll start a journal And I'll write down in my journal 1,000 blessings for which I can give thanks to God. And doesn't that seem sweet, you know? Doesn't that seem nice and and flowery? We'll leave that kind of thing, you know, to the, the potpourri and ribbon shoppers and that type of, that area of the Christian bookstore, right? Well, what I like about the book is, um, if you've read it, is that it's not flowery or saccharine, it's it's serious business. You see, Anne doesn't just think, oh, I think I'll, I'll add gratitude to my life. Wouldn't it be nice to live a life laced with gratitude? As the book begins, actually, you see where her practice of gratitude came from. As a child on a farm, she saw her little sister get hit by a delivery truck and killed. And her parents... Um, hardly recovered. And so Anne grew up in a, an environment in her home of, of deep sadness, of despair, of, 
of depression. And, and as she grew up, it, it, it was inside of her as well. And she grew deeply depressed and she turned to cutting herself and self-destructive behavior. See, gratitude was no Pollyanna trip through the tulips. Anne realized by the in- intervention of the grace of God that the only way out of the pit of despair was to learn to look up. Gratitude is serious business. In fact, it's a fight. It's a hard fight. William Barclay picked up on the word ungrateful in 2 Timothy 3.2. 2 Timothy 3.2 is a verse, it's a description of a godless society, a potential godless society in the future. It says this, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. I don't know, it sounds a little familiar to me. But Barclay said, the strange characteristic of ingratitude is that it is the most hurting of all sins because it is the blindest. He said, once we're blind to our blessings, you see, once we're blind to our blessings, we're also blind to our own ingratitude. Once we are blind to what others are doing around us, doing for us, we stop saying thank you to them. We begin to take those around us for granted and and we begin to believe that we deserve their service. We deserve their devotion, their sacrifice. Once we are blind to our debts to those around us, We're also blind to our own spirit of ingratitude and thanklessness. And like disobedient and spoiled children, we forget that we owe so much to those around us. We forget what we have received from others. And we forget what we have received from God. And there's much to oppose proper gratitude. It's a fight, I'll say it again. The devil doesn't want you to express gratitude to God. He knows that gratitude leads to joy. And once you are in the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so he knows once you feel God's joy and you're in your joy, well, he's lost the game. The world doesn't want you to express gratitude to God. The world doesn't want you to do that. Why? Because if you express gratitude to God, you may come into a sense of satisfaction. And the world doesn't want you to feel satisfied. You know this, don't you? If you're satisfied, to put it bluntly, you might stop buying things. And the world wants you to participate in Black Friday, maxing out your credit cards more than ever before. You see, your, your sense of gratitude may, might just quell your purchasing power. Even our own disobedient flesh doesn't really want us to express gratitude. It reels and rails against it. Our own flesh, it says to us, we have more important things to do than saying thanks and writing thank you notes. We need to go like chasing after lusts and our unholy desires to satisfy our our burning thirsts for immediate pleasure. Gratitude 
might just push you into a place of holiness and godliness and peace. Our disobedient flesh doesn't want to see it. Count your blessings. Count them one by one. It begins to sound a lot less like a nursery rhyme on a grandmother's knee and a little bit more like a battle plan for a soldier engaged in a life and death campaign. Gratitude is serious business. It was certainly serious in the Psalms. One of the categories we use to arrange the 150 psalms is a category that we call psalms of thanksgiving. And there's about 30 of them. This is one of them, Psalm 116. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. For what should we give thanks? I love the Lord, it starts. I love the Lord. What is it to pray? What is it to praise? What is it to come into worship if not to fall more and more deeply in love with God? I love the Lord. What should we thank God for? We who have all we need and most everything we want. What do we thank God for? We who live in the lap of luxury. Do we thank God? As Chuck Swindoll says, when the cream of the cup of prosperity seems to flow into our homes and our lives, do we thank God? Do we thank God? What can we thank him for? Well, material blessings are the least of it, friends. I love the Lord, says the psalm. Why? Because he heard my voice. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. And I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. Our first thanks is due to God for he hears our cries and is our Savior. We give thanks to God. Thank you, God. I am grateful. And then in verse five, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. God is is gracious and righteous. Like Jesus, he came full of grace and truth. I thank you, God, for you are righteous, you are true, you are just and good, but I thank you, God, that you are compassionate. This is about forgiveness. That's what this verse is about. We thank God for forgiveness. God is, is, is gracious and righteous. God is grace and truth. God doesn't let go of what is right. God is just and righteous, full of truth, but at the same time, God is compassionate and full of grace and ready to forgive and makes a way of forgiveness possible for us. Thank you, God. I am grateful. Sometimes in my devotion, I lean on um, old prayers, really old prayers, (laughs) 
prayers that I find in, in liturgies so old that people can't really figure out really where they came from or who wrote them. One prayer I like to lean on comes from the, the Eastern Orthodox tradition that begins, arising from sleep, I thank you, O Holy Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because of your abundant goodness and long-suffering mercy, you were not overcome with anger at me, slothful and sinful though I am. Neither have you destroyed me in my transgressions and sins, but in your compassion raised me up as I lay in despair, that at dawn I might sing of the glories of your majesty. First time I read that, I thought, this is a guy with some serious self-esteem problems. I mean, this... I mean, that's dark. I mean, that's, you're getting low there, buddy. But the more I, I read that and prayed it myself, every morning I was met with greater and greater gratitude that God is righteous, God is just, and God is gracious. And because of his long-suffering mercy. On any given night, the unvarnished truth is that God had every just cause, every just cause to run out of patience, to come to the end and say, that, Tim, that's it. <laughs> and to snuff out my life, my little candle. But he didn't. By his long-suffering mercy and grace met in Jesus Christ, he raised me up again. Thank you, God. I'm grateful. What if you start each day with humble gratitude for forgiveness? We thank God that he hears our cry. We thank God for forgiveness. Verses seven through nine, return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I do love how Eugene Peterson puts this in his interpretation called The Message. He puts it this way, I said to myself, relax and rest. God has showered you with blessings. Soul, you've been rescued from death. I, you've been rescued from tears. And foot, you were kept from stumbling. Can we be grateful? Hey, soul, relax and rest. God's got this. Abigail and I were at the uh, North Springs Young Life Banquet on Sunday night, and we got to hear a pile of stirring testimonies about God's grace. And one young man, a high school senior, stood up and he said, He said, I, even though my heart was beating, in every other way, he said, I was totally dead. And then I met the Lord. I met Jesus, and I gave him my life, and now I know what true life is. Thank you, God, for life over death. Thank you, God. I'm grateful. Billy Graham said, we should not let a day go by without thanking God for his mercy and grace to us in Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Amen? Now, I love this psalm and probably chose it for us this morning because of verse 12. What shall I return to the Lord 
for all his goodness to me. Well, what should I do? What should we do? I have so many blessings from God. What can I give back? Gratitude is what we give in response to a gift we cannot possibly return in kind. What will we give the Lord? What should we do? How can I offer thanks? What can I give you, God, for life and forgiveness and healing and grace and love and beauty and joy and laughter and song? What can I do? What should we do together? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people in the courts of the house of the Lord. In your midst, Jerusalem, say it with me. Praise the Lord. What can I do? What can I give the Lord? What would you like to give him? What should we do? Lift the cup. Praise his name. Receive what God has prepared. You want to return something to God for all that he has done for you? What can you give the Lord that he does not already have? Well, the answer to that question is not to turn away from God and disregard all that he has prepared. No, turn to the Lord, take the cup, lift the cup of salvation and drink all that the Lord has prepared for you. Drink it in, drink it deeply and then take a breath and praise the name of the Lord, your God. Receive his blessings and praise his holy name. Give great praise, powerful praise to the name above all names, the name of God Almighty. Do it right in the middle of the city, right here in Jerusalem, as the psalm says, right next to people who don't know God at all. Make the name of God great, greater than all names, more powerful than all powers. Make the name of the Lord great. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord. Come to worship. Bring a sacrifice of thanks and praise. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. Will you bring it to him? Will you bring it to him? Yes, amen. Gratitude is a a small thing. It seems like a small thing but it's a small thing that makes a huge difference. It, it, it tilts the wing. It tilts the wing just enough so that as we careen through life and we feel the thrust of time and the drag of our burdens and the weight of our sorrows, there is just enough tilt in gratitude to produce lift for our souls, lift in the praise of the Lord. Gratitude is no small thing, it's a fight. Give thanks to the Lord. And as we close this series on prayer, let me say in the end, pray. Was that a surprise? (laughs) Pray. Pray, pray using this simple form. Pray using the Lord's Prayer. Pray through some psalms. Pray in your car. Pray in the shower. Pray when you wake up in your bed. Just just 
Just pray, pray. And when you pray, remember the cost of prayer. Prayer isn't free. We have access to God the Father in heaven. We have immediate access to God, the maker of all things, the almighty one. We have access to God whenever we want. That access didn't come free. It came at a cost. Jesus bought it. He purchased it. When you pray, remember you have access to God through the sacrifice of Jesus. It's Jesus who got on his knees and prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, take this cup from me. It's Jesus who cried out on the cross in prayer, oh God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus' prayers were not answered so that yours could be. God said no to his own son so that in him he could say yes to us. Count the cost of prayer and pray with joy and thanksgiving. Jesus Christ has opened the door for you that you may enter the throne of grace. Let's pray. Lord, each one of us, there's a moment when we wake up in the morning and we open our eyes and we take breath and let us not, Lord, in that moment neglect to let our first breath be thanks and praise to you. You've showered us with so many gifts, Lord. Help us to see your blessings. Help us to overflow with gratitude that you have poured out such blessings on us and send us out into this week with the spirit of joy in the name of Jesus Christ that wherever we go, because we have been showered with such blessings, we know that you have sent us out into our families and friends and into our world to be a blessing for others, to lift the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at first-prez.org.